True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. Death is not to be feared, but rather embraced as the duality of life. Without death, there wouldn't be life. Without life, there would be no death. To ignore death would be the same thing as ignoring life. My purpose in presenting this three-part series of the 15 things death and the dying can teach us about life is to see life and death differently than two opposing sides. Instead of two rival sides, I present to you that we should look at them as one. You will hear first-hand accounts of people who have entered or work in the death zone. Mountain climbers who climb too high can actually reach a place where there's not enough oxygen to breathe. It's called the death zone. This perfectly describes where we'll be going here. We will be journeying into the death zone to discover things about ourselves while listening to others who have physically already made the journey. I have asked several people to participate in being interviewed, telling them almost nothing about what I'm doing so that these interviews would be free-flowing and delivered in their own words. I will leave it up to you to listen to the points and how death and the dying impacts your life. At the end of the series, in part three, I will offer 15 things death and the dying can teach us about life as a conclusion to what we've learned. We will be talking to people who have been there, are there, or are in process of dying as we listen to them speak. We will also talk to people who work there, myself included. Before starting this series and asking the interviewees for their participation, I knew there would be times I would be deeply emotional. You'll hear it. You'll also feel it. Let's begin part one of the 15 things death and the dying can teach us about life. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Adam. Adam is 43 years old. He's happily married and has children from a previous marriage. Adam's parents are both living, as is his brother and sister. Currently, Adam has received some medical information from his doctors, and he's lovingly sharing everything with you, like you are members of his family, because you are. Before we actually begin, I will let the end of this interview finish as the end of the podcast, and I'll be discussing more in part two of this series. Okay, let's hear what Adam has to say. Uh, Adam, I would like to do two things. Um, One, facilitate for you personally and your choice to want that. And then two, I would love to do um, a uh, a recording uh, to be used in broadcast on a podcast. Okay, what do you uh, what are you looking for? Because you know my mind says kind of changed a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I I just thought, uh, why don't we do the the podcast first? And um, okay, I just want you to. Just to be you and just talk candidly. And the reason that this is all being done is to uh, 
create awakening, uh, assist others, and, uh, of course, offer some wonderful inspiration based upon um, whatever you feel and whatever you don't feel. And so don't feel like this is uh, – uh, don't say anything you don't feel, and, and you can properly address um, what what was and what is now and what things are happening at this current, current moment. Okay. So, Adam, to get us started, can I ask you to give us a little bit of an idea of uh, a little bit of your background, especially from a health perspective? Um, so, in April of 2004, I started getting flu-like symptoms, and then in July of that same year, they diagnosed me with leukemia. Uh, I did about two years of chemo. Um almost died a couple times during that treatment and then uh, then I was uh, then I was done with all my treatment and I was in remission and then in November of 2009 I relapsed and had to have a bone marrow transplant in which uh, that time I had a near-death experience. And uh, and then once I got home, well, during the bone marrow transplant, uh, I was intubated like four to six times and almost died three or four times during that stay. And then when I got home, I started getting pneumonia about every six weeks and I was uh, then I went through about 30 pneumonias and um, then after that uh, played out over some years uh, I had to have a uh, pacemaker put in and then they were looking at doing a heart transplant um, doing a heart pump first um, but luckily, I didn't have to have that. And now it's uh, uh, oh, about three weeks ago, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, renal cell carcinoma, which is a mass on my left kidney. And they wanted to take um, half my kidney out, but I told them that I didn't want to do anything from a medical perspective anymore that I was done. Adam, when you say that you um, have gone, can I just kind of go back a little bit because you cover a lot and it's kind of overwhelming to consider the uh, sure. <laughs> what you shared. Um, you talked about incubation, which means? So uh, intubation is where... Um, I guess the not easiest way for people... Not incubation. Not incubation. <laughs> incubation. Okay. So, so say it again properly. What is uh, so I, I'm sure everybody's seen uh, the TV shows where they put a tube uh, down someone's throat and they have a breathing machine that breathes for them. Um, I've, that's basically what it is. It's basically where a machine takes over breathing for you. Because you can no longer breathe for yourself. I see. Okay. 
And you also talked about a near-death experience, but you kind of walked by that like that was <laughs> an everyday thing as well. <laughs> can you um, can you expand upon so, that maybe? A little yeah. Bit? So uh, when I was when I relapsed in November of '09, I uh, they gave me this chemotherapy that I was allergic to, which um, gave me pancreatitis and. Uh, so what happened was is um, there was a nurse who knew me well and knew I was kind of a fragile patient, and she decided to check on me first. And she said when she walked in, I looked uh, like I was dying, and she did my blood pressure. And I don't know if you know much about blood pressures, but it was 60 over 30, wow. which is really low. And um so all I remember is her yanking the cords out of the wall and then running on the phone trying to find the nearest ICU. Uh, and I used to be a paramedic, and there's this thing called impending doom, which is your body's natural reaction of you know that you're, you, you your body knows that you're dying. And as a paramedic, I knew that if someone said, I'm dying if you don't do something for me, that they were going to die. And so this was the first time I actually felt it for myself. So I kept on looking at the doctors and nurses, and I said, if you don't do something right now, I'm going to die. So my heart was uh, racing at 280 beats per minute, and they needed to shock me to um, reset my heart to a normal rate, but they decided to intubate me again. And so they intubated me and then they shot me. But when they shocked me, I threw a clot and had a stroke. But at the time they didn't know I had the stroke because I was under all those heavy medications and I was under, I was, you know, put under, and um, so during the time that I, I was intubated for 16 days, I had a near-death experience where I went to heaven and um, I saw Jesus Christ and um, I got to walk with him and um, see different parts of heaven. I remember the golden streets and um, I remember the the pathway, the grass pathways, the grass was just this vibrant green that you've never seen before. But uh, I think, and then I also got to walk hand in hand with my grandfather, which he passed away and I wasn't able to be at his funeral, which really put my heart at ease. Um, but I think the biggest thing out of all that that happened was there is a love that you feel when you're in heaven that your mind can't comprehend that it just overtakes you and it's all you want to do is say wow just constantly because I mean there's no words that I can express to you to say how that feels on an earthly plane but um uh and then um, through U.S. and then um, I was able to um, partially remember about uh, 
God gave me a choice to come back or stay, and uh, I guess he showed me some things, and I decided to come back, but it happened so fast that you blink, and it's done and over with, and um, so um, that was my near-death experience that, as much as that I can remember to this day. Adam, there's no words to begin to describe what you're uh, putting together because, um, number one, it's so personal, and and two, um, it it isn't just your body. It's the relief relief of your body and then also the uh, incorporation of something more than ultimately, as you said, the ability to have a choice to stay uh, in the unspeakable love and the joy and or to return. So um, just two things. One, Adam, give us a little bit of an idea of your age. It doesn't sound like you're 98 years old. So. <laughs> uh, I'll be 43 May 19th. Okay. Um, so you're 43 years of age. And how long has the health issues been going on? Uh, for 15 years. Okay. That's That's an extensive period of time. And I've got to ask. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I always, when I've been going through these health issues, I always try to find someone. There's someone around my age or someone who's, uh, it's hard to find someone <laughs> who's my age that has gone through uh, the cancer twice and and, and still going and um, you know people are such a blessing but you know my goal on this earth ever especially ever since all this is going to is if I can just make someone smile or um, have a moment then um, then it was all worth it to uh, you know, at first I was pretty mad and upset, but once you get over that, then you just take every day and um, think it's a blessing. And uh, just the short uh, story: there was a um, I was getting my car washed, and I didn't know I was there because I usually wash my own car, but. Um, it was the middle of the day when most people my age would be at work, and this gentleman asked me, uh, why are you, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm disabled. And I said, I used to be a paramedic. And uh, he said, oh, that's great. And then he asked me, uh, why, you know, why are you disabled? And uh, and I said, well, I had cancer. and his wife was there and she started to cry and I didn't know why at the time. And, um, so I thought I said something wrong or, you know, upset. Sure. And he said, uh, um, he said, thank you. And then his, his car was done. So he left, but his wife came up to me and she said, uh, you know, she, uh, cause they had asked me how I'd go- gotten through it and just that and I thought that was a little bit more inquiry than just normal people carrying on conversation would ask but I didn't mind it and she said um 
that what I had said was what she needed to hear because today was the day, first day of her brother's day of having chemotherapy because he had just gotten cancer and she cried and gave me a big hug and you know just um you know just to be in a position to be able to help people like that is uh makes it all worthwhile makes the days when you you're struggling to know that other people are struggling with you it it, it makes it easier to to go through it Adam, I, I'm recalling something that you told me personally, and, and if you feel like sharing it with with us, that would be great. Um, where <laughs> even in your time of of death, meaning you're literally pending death, and you're telling people how to how to assist you, that seems to be a little bit of a pattern where you're. Um, uh, creating awareness for the very people that are serving you, um, with regards to nurses and other people that have uh, um, just been, should we say, drawn to you as a person, and certainly those things that you've been going through. Um, you'll have to refresh me which time you're talking about. No problem. I remember <laughs> that you were um, you talked about a nurse, and she was uh, very, very deeply touched by your connection. Um, even your faith and and uh, just very very moved by your presence and I'm sure that's that happens for a lot of people who are in the active service um, especially in the medical community but this seemed to be a, a very intimate yeah I think if if I'm recalling correctly the one you're uh, talking about uh, I was in the hospital for pneumonia um and a couple other things and uh, it was i don't know it was two or three in the morning i don't know but in the hospital you're supposed to be able to rest but i don't feel like you ever rest until you actually get to leave the hospital because they always <laughs> want to poke and prod you you know sure <laughs> it's like wake up now we want to give you you need to give blood or wake up we need to take your blood pressure or but um, anyway, so but my wife was with me and she was sleeping, and I was talking to this nurse and we. I was just telling her my story and uh, you know my wife's heard the story obviously a lot more than most people. So she sometimes I think tunes it out just because she's heard it. But she was sleeping and. Uh, then she woke up and she was like, my wife was like, don't you know you're supposed to be resting? Because me and her were talking about, you know, scriptures and um, just different uh, uh, stuff that I had been through and what had gotten me through. And she was, you know, normally nurses just come in your room and do whatever they need to do and get out because they have you know, other patients, but I think she, I don't know, she probably was in there a good hour or so of, of me just talking to her, and um, um, she she normally, uh, I didn't ever get to talk with her again, but she did give me her email address, and um, I sent her an email, and, you know, um, she was like, uh, you know, we're not supposed to do this, but she just felt like, 
connected in a way that, you know, you don't connect with your everyday patients. Um, I think that's the time you're talking about. It is. Um, and, and the connection part is the part that's um, of interest to me, especially about you, Adam, because even with all of this challenge, and I don't think that's even the appropriate word, but, fifth, you know, 15 years of of life-threatening challenge, I mean, severely life-threatening challenge, um, you, um, I know that you have wondered if you've been constant in your connection, even your spiritual connection, um, but the things that have happened around you uh, with the people that you've touched, whether that's in the hospital or again just having your car washed, um, those things seem to be quite regular as a pattern. Would you agree? Yeah, I, um, there is, at some point I told God, I said, if everything I'm going through, um, changes one person's life, then it was all worth it. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. I'm actually crying here with you. <laughs> but um, I just believe that if everything, the, the struggle, the heartache, the pain, the suffering, the just the hours of, um, I would say, not in my head because of how sick I was. But I say, God, if all this is just to help one person, then it was all worth it. And I, and I truly feel, you know, I've reflected on it a lot, and I know that I've been able to touch more than just one person. And as you know, we've talked um, about how when you touch one person, how it doesn't stop there, and it that you can keep on touching more it keeps on going it's uh you know it, it's kind of a chain reaction type thing it is it's literally like a wave that we see sometimes as separate waves but it's actually a continuation of of oneness and that's why um i i think it's very under understood um, that's probably not the proper way to phrase it. It's not commonly understood that um, our actions do have a tremendous impact. And, Adam, I know that um, <laughs> I may not be able to ask this without tears as well. I know the kind of impact that you have been making, that you're making right now with this interview, uh, especially in a time uh, that could be easy for someone to withdraw uh, and the idea that there is more uh, challenge on the horizon, I don't know if that's the right word, but more, um, you know, mortality on, on the horizon with regards to what's, what will take place. And I would sure like you to talk about that, too, um, because not everyone's – a lot of t people, Adam, tend to avoid that, and that's uh, – in my opinion, an unfortunate thing because death doesn't have to be seen as um, the end or something that's um, 
ugly or undesired, but it's just an, it's an aspect of transition. And I've been very, very touched by how you uh, continue to approach <laughs> all of the struggle and that a lot of us have never even begun to understand, meaning I don't, I've never had health issues like that, Adam. And, and I can be extremely compassionate about what you and others have gone through, but to uh, have literally walked that walk within my own body, let alone the numerous procedures that you've had done to your body are just actually hard to comprehend. And it, I'm of, of deep interest to um, continue to convey uh, the wave and the story that you've been doing all of your life. And that's that's really the whole purpose of this is just to, um, <laughs> to share love and to... Um, just to continue to be authentic, you and I really just wanted to capture that. Well, I think that um, one thing that um, I've learned or still learning and probably will be learning even when I'm gone is that, you know, love doesn't just stop when we pass away. Um, I feel like I'm going from life to life. I'm not. Um, I'm not dying. I mean, my physical body will be dying, but um, I think we have a tendency to get so caught up in our day-to-day activity that we forget that we're spiritual beings just in a physical form. That one day. We all know that one day our physical form will pass, but we're not going to die. Our spirit's still going to go on. And um, I think um, the comfort of knowing uh, of love, uh, you know, uh, when I had that near-death experience, love is just the most powerful force that I've ever had been able to be a part of um there's love here on earth but it's just nothing in the spiritual form that um and uh, it gives me i do uh i'm at peace with it um uh you know life's too short and I, i would hate to think that People would think that once this life, you're done, but we're not done, and we keep on going, and um, there's a force of love out there that, you know, no matter where what you're going through, what what's going on, that, you know, God does love you very much, and um, I think that if we were able to see our actions in a spiritual form, I think we'd all be blown away. And um, But uh, uh, I just think for me, you know, I'm, I am facing my own mortality and, you know, trying to um, deal with it and, you know, with my wife trying to deal with it. She's going to lose her husband and you know, I have three kids, and, you know, I have a family that loves me, too, and um, I think that all that 
you know, for the most part, everybody understands that they know that, you know, I'll be going to heaven when I pass this earth and that, uh, but I think out of everything, um, comes from love. So, um, to know that I'm loved here, but I also know that in the spiritual world, I'm loved even more, um, that gives me uh, peace. I am uh, <laughs> still wiping the tears from my eyes, to be honest. Um, the um, In terms of where you sit at this moment, because that hasn't been clarified, uh, Adam, is this kidney mass, um, has that been identified? Um, the doctors say... Um, um, you know, cerebral carcinoma, they say that, um, obviously they want to, um, do everything they can to try to save my life, um, cause that's what doctors are there for, to do. Sure. Um, but I fought cancer twice and I think I fought it pretty good, but, um, I feel like, uh, if it's not this, then what's the next thing that, you know, so I think I'm at a point where I'm done fighting and I'm okay with that. And, um, you know, a lot of people say you're, I'm young, but when you fight 15 years off and on with cancer, you, you get tired and, you know, uh, even when I went through my bone marrow transplant, a lot of people told me they wouldn't even have fought that hard. Um, uh, they thought that for sure I was going to die during the bone marrow transplant. And my wife says the only reason I came out of it because I'm so stubborn. <laughs> Adam, to be honest, I think there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy, you know, being stubborn gave me, and could be a good thing in uh, ways. But um, so, yeah, um, I kind of got sidetracked. I think. No, you're fine. I. I <laughs> I was going to um, put forth, Adam, that your mindset, even through all of this. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, through. I, I just, I, you know, I think that we're all loved, even when we feel alone and we're in our darkest place and we're all by ourselves. And, uh there's still a love that um, that that's there. I think sometimes it's I kind of think of it as the radio. You know, there's all these channels, and we just got to be tuned into the right channel to hear it and to be able to listen to it. And um, I feel God's love all the time. Uh, um. So uh, I think that that's another thing that gives me peace that 
Um, besides just knowing, uh, just knowing that I'm loved and that I'm going from life to life, uh, you know, when, uh, it, death doesn't have to be like this in, in great despair and, uh, the, the world's worst thing to ever happen. Um, I don't think, I don't believe that we were even, we weren't made, we were only made to be on this earth a short time anyways, and we're all going to die, but I feel like we're made, we're spiritual bearings, and we have this spiritual body that, uh, like you said, in our actions, and, and it can be something very minute to something, I don't know, something bigger, but um, just the littlest thing, just a smile. Uh, there's people that I've come across, and I just smiled, and they smiled back, and I, and I, and I had to tell them, I said, it's just nice to see someone smile back at you because uh, we're all caught up in our own stuff. And um, uh, so um, I just, I, I just, uh, I'm not peace because of all, all the love that um, God's given me and uh and through talking with you and through the experiences that I've been able to experience, even though a lot of it's been hard, there's been good experiences at the same time. And I believe that anything bad can turn into something good. And it's kind of like what I just thought of as the, you know, the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly, you know, we're we're on this earth as our caterpillar, and then when we die, we um, our spirit being we turn into this beautiful butterfly that will live on forever. You know, Adam, um, you just recently had some interaction with a butterfly, and before you talk about that, which I'd like <laughs> I'd like you to do. Um, I don't know if you remember, but your wife did send me. Um, a gift uh, some time ago, and it was uh, an enclosed butterfly, and um, it's very profound. Oh no, I didn't know she oh, sent oh, you one of those. Oh yes, and you need to hear the rest of this because butterflies, of course, are uh, something that, that started my my experience um, because I was asking and and uh, I asked the question if this one that was flying. Um, would connect with me because I was feeling distraught or separated, and, and it it did, and then it landed again on my head um, in my asking to do so, and, and I was um, <laughs> I was floored by that. And I, your your wife knows that, and she sent me this wonderful gift um, of this little encasing of a blue butterfly. And um, yeah, I know exactly what, what it was. I know you do. <laughs> And I've kept it by my bed uh, for a long, long period of time because it's very meaningful to me. It's very personal to me, and certainly I'm very fond of your wife. Um, but I would love for you to share with us the um, your most recent story with the butterfly. So, uh, you know, the I didn't know the significance of what was happening when it was happening at the time. 
But um, so uh, I guess it's four days ago now. Uh, I was checking the mail, and uh, then I was walking back to the house, and you know, flipping through the mail, and a ladybug landed on there, and I said, "Oh, that's pretty," you know, and then it flew off and didn't think much of of it, and then. The next thing I was outside, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was outside in the yard and uh, another butterfly, it, this was a big, uh, like marigold color butterfly, um, flew on me and um, I still, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it, but didn't think much of it. And then uh, yesterday I was getting in the car and the biggest butterfly I've probably ever seen, and I was actually Googling images of it because <laughs> just the way the wings were were so pretty. I've never seen wings like that. Flew in my car, and then um, it flew in my car, and then then it eventually flew out. And so I didn't think anything of it until last night I said, uh, you know, email Weston, and she goes, that's very significant. And I said, okay. So I emailed you, and um, she was telling me how it's usually a sign of transition. And I also Googled it, and there was a lot of them talking about transition, too. Uh, uh, There's, you know, depending on their color, and I mean, they go pretty in-depth on what it could mean, but... um, for me, I, I, uh, after talking to you, talking to my wife, and really think about it, uh, that was a, a sign of transition, and um, it. Uh, I kind of wish I would have taken in the moment more when it was happening. You know, you're like. Oh, I missed an opportunity there that I could have been even even more wow or wonder because my wife was like, I haven't seen a butterfly yet, (laughs) and you've seen three in three days. (laughs) I was going to ask, Adam, uh, how did you feel when you were in the car and it, it flew in? How did I feel? Yeah. Um, was there something, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, was, but was there something that you felt that might have been different, or was this just, you know, there's people that may or may not create the kind of connection that you that did, that this is a, I'll call it a spiritual experience, and or that you're being actually interacted with? Um, well, to be honest with you, I was on my way to get a... Uh, cat scan of my head because I've been having these daily headaches and stuff, and so um, I was kind of that's was kind of what was on my mind. But it made me stop for a minute and be like, "Wait a second, what?" But uh, I didn't think too much of it at the time. I think I reflected more on it when um, uh, Jennifer was saying something about um, you you still always say something to the effect of and I'm not putting words in your mouth but something of 
always uh, listen to nature or look, see the signs of nature or something. I'm not sure. But she said you used to, uh, th- that it could be a su- supernatural thing that's going on or an experience. I'm not sure, but. But but Adam, it's it's it it is. I mean, um, the idea that we are one, um, that oneness, of course, is not just uh, in the mind of who we are and the body of who we are. It, it happens outside all the time. And as we begin to really see that, um, it's like you were des- describing in your near death experience. There are feelings that. I have a great deal of challenge trying to put these feelings into words and experiencing these kinds of interconnections because they're they're very personal. They're uh, sometimes we use words miraculous, and and someone can walk by and and see something that's miraculous to you or I, and they may have a different perspective of that. And I think that's to be appreciated. But if you really are open to that. Um, you can tell that this is something different. This isn't just uh, another scene in a movie. It's something that's meant to be um, an interaction, a personal interaction to you. And that's why I I was pretty sure that you weren't aware that your wife had given me this butterfly that I've, again, held in my possession for several years, I mean, probably a decade or longer, um, to uh, interrelate that because these signs or these interconnections are... um, Tremendous. And by the way, I can't help but do this. Um, but part of the reason <laughs> that the butterfly uh, was coming into your vehicle that I didn't share with you yesterday uh, is to help you get out of your head. We'll say that again? The butterfly uh, was coming into your vehicle to help you get out of uh-huh. your head. <laughs> it's kind of ironic because that's, that's all I've been thinking about is my head for the past few weeks. <laughs> well, it's, it's a double uh, hit in the idea that, of course, from a physical perspective, you've had these physical challenges that you're getting uh, looked at and evaluated. But in addition to that, Adam, to do what you're, you've been sharing and inspiring us to uh, give con- further consideration to, to be really present and um, those kinds of interactions, when we're being touched by nature, by the universe, by source, um, by God, and a whole lot more, um, I don't know. It, it's it's always has felt to me extremely personal. Um, but it's like uh, experiencing something that's so beautiful that, of course, you want to share it. And, and my sharing it or your sharing it, I have never been interested in trying to sell that perspective as much as just share it because there's something so beautiful to um, uh, relate to somebody else. And you've had so many experiences of this kind. And I, um, I, I'm i just in in awe and in honor um, of what you have and what you continue to do. I really want to ask this question, Adam. Your connection to source or, or God, is that something that you've always felt? Um, I I would say, well, well, I would say yes and no. Um, I was brought up in the church. Uh, I've always been, uh, that's how I was brought up. But I think at some point, you know, even people who are brought up in the church, they have to choose it for themselves. 
And um, there was a time when uh, I wasn't I wasn't connected. I was uh, probably for many years, you know, just doing my own thing, not thinking about. Um, uh, what all life has to offer, and uh, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I haven't. I was brought up in the church. I was close to God when I was. I can remember that as a child. But then, <clears throat> due to some circumstances and some things, um, I kind of went away from that for a long time. Probably all the way up in time until the time that I got cancer and uh and then I was uh I was pretty angry I was pretty angry and uh I think over time it just uh uh I think that God or source you like to say um was always there he was just waiting on for me to open the door to let him in I think there's a, a lot of beauty in the simplicity of that thought um, because I know that regardless of um, the many beliefs that you know we have as a group, and I'm speaking of all humanity, um, when we begin to let go and to begin to have access to something that's greater than who we think we are, we really get in touch with something that's, that's magic. And then the interconnection of nature and a lot more um in one sense becomes overwhelming you know i've heard a lot of stories about um, how the church rejected so and so or what but i was rejected by the church uh many times and um but even though I was rejected i still stayed close to god and and my you know, my connection with Source of God grew. Um, you know, uh, I think so many people put these um, rules and regulations on other people that that you have to do this to be close to God. And I, um, I, I, to me, to be honest, I don't believe it to be true. I mean, uh, I don't go to churches. I would as much as I would like to. I haven't been to church in years, um, but um, I think my connection has grown over the years more than it was, say, two years ago. So um, uh, I think I've just heard story after story of people being really brokenhearted of where the church is you know, hurt them in some form or fashion. And and I'm not saying I'm anti-church either. Uh, you know, uh, I've had some great and awesome experiences too at the same time. But um, God will, or Source just wants uh, us to have a relationship. It's just like any relationship, you know, he just wants that personal relationship. And there's something that you can get from source or God, who, whatever you want to call it. It's greater than anything. I, there's nothing on this earth or nothing in heaven or nothing on 
in the universe that is gonna, you're never going to get any of those feelings than you can have with a, a connection with who we call God or, you know, you like to call source. So, it, um, but it's personal to each and every one of us. And, um, you know, you see, uh, God, my heart just breaks when you see all these things that are going around in this world, and I just think, what would this world be like if we all just truly did love one another, had this connection, how, I, you know, it's almost like a fairy tale, but it is, it could be possible, but, you know, with my own mortality, uh, I'm at peace because I've had, been able to have this relationship with God, and I've been if I didn't have this relationship with God right now, I think I would be scared to death. Yeah, I could relate to that. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would be able to sleep at night. I don't think. But now I'm just like, all right, open the doors. Let's go, you know. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And uh, you keep on reminding me it's not my decision <laughs> when the time is, but... <laughs> Man, if it was my time, it would be. <laughs> it's funny though when we get when we get to a point that we're um, we're complete, and what I mean by that is that we have the peace that you're describing, um, even when it's not brought on by extenuating circumstances. Um, and when you touch the other side, uh, as you have in your near death experiences, and certainly a lot more. Um, it can be a little bit of work to stay here because uh, just within our own bodies, let alone society at large, and I think that you touched on something that everyone's dealing with, the, the challenge is that we can do better and, and that it's not, it's not a fairy tale. It's, 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 it's not just a possibility. It's reality if we want to create that. And that, that opportunity is very, very much, uh, as you were saying, it's a personal decision that we make. And certainly we can collaborate together, but it's not required that, that everyone needs to be, uh, shall we say, in the, in the same energy, the same thought pattern. But if we're really to make um, the profound effect that we seem to be called to do, I think um, being ourself, and I mean, I'm saying our real self and our true self in this embodiment, again, isn't something that needs to be divided. And Adam, I'm in awe with you for a lot of reasons, but this is one um, that you uh, you represent that in a very very significant way, and um, not everybody that comes to their uh, their closing moments um, will have that opportunity to say that, and you get to see that before that end comes. And I know that there's a part of you that <laughs> would like to mark the calendar and and complete this task in terms of being here, but. It will come, obviously, when uh, the, the time is perfect, but what you are, are contributing even today to my own self, um, because this is quite personal for me, um, and certainly for those others that you will touch as I, as we broadcast this, um, for the benefit of others to um, feel uplifted, of course, hope, um, some inspiring um, back to life, um, because that's their place to overcome something. And others, Adam, quite lovingly, um, where they're uh, at a point, that tipping point, or perhaps even past that point, where uh, letting go of the physical flesh um, is not 
not something that needs to be hidden or never talked about, but rather brought to the surface in the same way that we can talk about anything else, uh, to realize that these points of connections that we have are literally infinite, and the the connection of love that we can continue to share with one another is just uh, it's just unspeakable. Yeah, because I truly believe that out of love, everything else good is created. I think it all starts with love. I uh, concur. That's not kind of true. It's absolutely true. And the more that you uh, allow that to be seen in the simplicity of that that thought, but actually even kind of like from a scientific perspective, and what I mean by that is the more that you dig into it, um, the more that you find the simplicity of that that statement that love is quite literally everything is not just a true thought. And sometimes because of the simplicity of that, um, if not a lot, it gets overlooked. I mean, this very simple thing that we call love and the ability to connect with one another is missed and the idea that I'm I'm in a hurry because I've got to get to go to go do this thing that's so important at this particular moment that really isn't. And you know what I mean. And yet, when we have and spend yeah. time in this kind of uh, interconnection to be reminded of the simplicity and also the depth of it and what we can all do to, I'll call it reach down and become further connected as we choose to, we really do have an impact um, on one another. Uh, they're not just words. They're their feelings that are that stir up in one another. And this is why I've been emotional all morning and talking with you because um, I can feel it, and I've always felt that. And and it's something I deeply want to share with others. Um, I feel called to do that, not like I have to, but something that I really want to. Um, and the, the the possibility and the joy, and you you know what I mean about that in terms of how um, many things personal that we've talked about outside of this forum. Um, Adam, I want to kind of open up the floor to anything else that you want to share in terms of um, perhaps bringing your our dialogue or what you want to share here to a, somewhat of a conclusion. Um, hmm. I would just say that um, I think God is always willing, um, no matter where we're at where we're at in our lives and all we have to do is open up that door and once we open up that door endless possibilities are possible and he and to me I feel like it just all comes back to because he loves us and that be um like you said, source, or and I, I always say God, but um, that's fine, Adam. We, <laughs> but um, I'm just saying that um, if we just open up, anything's possible. I can't think of anything uh, <laughs> more profound to end on. To be honest with you, because um, as we really do open up. Um, it's not just the possibilities, the reality of what we can connect to. And I don't know why, I mean, I do to some degree, why it scares our physical self. Um, but stepping into that, and uh, whether that's for a moment or 
you know, perhaps even longer than just at the moment, and then when do that with a certain amount of consistency, there's something about that that just feels <laughs> really good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost it's it's like uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of I, I would say it's like a drug that you uh, that you can just want more and more and more of. Um, uh, that's the best way I can describe uh, the love that I that I felt in the. Man, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. Adam, I've, I've got to say this um, personal thing, and if that's okay, it will be included in our uh, in the podcast, and that is, um, I know I've expressed this many times before, but I really do love you, and um, I am so grateful for every moment that we have had and uh, this moment and certainly um, whatever moments that we have in the physical realm and you know darn well that we're not limited to that um, when that transition takes place and I look forward to that too and I know that you <laughs> can appreciate that I love you I love you more than words will ever describe and I hope to pester you when I'm gone from this life <laughs> But I love you so much, Weston Jolly. I love you too, Adam. I I, I really, really do. And um, <laughs> I just want to share gratitude. And I, I wish we weren't 2,000 miles away to uh, be able to properly conclude this with a really good hug. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I know you can feel it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for... Uh, for all your contributions. Thank you. For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection and it's a tremendous help to others too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.